Welcome to the Midweek Cycle on the Go podcast with Zach Swindell and Brett Loftus. This is just like our radio show. It's set mobile and at any time. Tune in, guys, and keep listening to the sports and listen to everything that we have to say. Swindy and I will be talking all things sports and all sports all the time. So get back, sit back, and relax for this next podcast episode. Welcome back here to the Midweek Cycle On The Go podcast, episode number four. Zach Swindell and I am Brett Loftus here. Thank you guys for tuning in to yet another podcast. If you're tuned in, that means you're enjoying it. I hope so. This episode, we're going to talk about the Major League Baseball offseason, looking at your free agents, where they might go, where they could potentially go. And then we're also going to look at uh, the NBA draft, which occurred this past week. And we're also going to get into a preview of NFL Week 11 and the upcoming college football weekend as well. So, without further ado here, let's jump into our first topic. Let's talk about Major League Baseball free agents. We talked about Trevor Bauer a lot. He's the number one rated free agent in Major League Baseball this year. But we got another guy that we don't really talk about a lot. The Braves had a shot at a few years ago. They really needed him uh, a few years ago, but they don't really need him anymore with Travis Darnot behind the plate. JT Realmuto, JT Realmuto, catcher for the Phillies. Swindy, a lot of people are predicting a lot of different things. A big-time prediction by one of my favorite websites, MLB Trade Rumors, is predicting Ray Muto to sign with the Mets for five years and $125 million. Who do you think and where do you think he'll go? I've, yeah, I've also heard the Mets rumor as well. I think that might not be a bad move for him. You know, you got uh, DeGrom over there, the ace of their staff, really good pitcher. Um, he'd be compliment him really well. Then Stroman as well, if he signs back with the Mets, um, he'll be another guy he can throw to. So it actually might not be a bad move. Their upcoming team, they, they still need some offensive power, and that's what he brings as well. He's a really good catcher, but he's really good offensively too. He's one of the um, like type Buster Posey type kind of guys that can you know do it all. You don't really see that in this day of age of um, catchers. Usually they're just you know really good catchers or really good hitters. There's really not not really any overall talent much anymore. So I think he's one of those guys that. Um, you know, he can really bring a lot to a lineup um, behind the plate and also like hitting three or four hole for your team. So I think the Mets is not a bad move for him. I think that would be a good fit for him. He's already in the NL East, so he's he played for the Phillies his previous year. So it's not it's not the end of the world if he goes to the Mets for me. I agree, but I would love to see him go to an American League team, and the only time we have to see him would be at the All-Star break, interleague play, and, well, hopefully the World Series. Looking at another guy here, a guy that I think could potentially be in Atlanta if Marcelo Ozuna exits, George Springer. He's a guy that had a really down uh, regular season this past year. He had a very good playoff, and that's really going to help him with the payoff, as I might say, that little play on words. George Springer, there's been a lot of speculation, really from me personally, that if we don't re-sign Marcel, we as in the Atlanta Braves, the Atlanta Braves could pursue George Springer on another one-year contract, just the same as Josh Donaldson and Marcelo Zuna. Do you think you see that as a possibility there, Swindy? Yeah, I do, especially if we don't sign Marcelo Zuna back because Marcelo Zuna, obviously, he's a DH. He's not an outfielder. So we need a guy that um, if the universal DH goes out and it goes back just to the American League, we need a guy that can play the outfield. Marcelo's, Marcelo's not necessarily that guy, and I don't think he's going to sign with the Braves if that's the case. So if that's the case, I hope we do get George Springer in. Um, pretty good outfielder, and he'll play center field for the Astros, um, can hit in the top of the order. 
that'd be a huge pickup for the Braves. I think that would be their be a push for them to make it to the World Series with a guy like that. You know, he's been to a World Series, he's won a World Series. As we all know, they they had the whole cheating scandal, all that kind of stuff. But he still had the experience of going to the playoffs a lot and um, you know winning the big game finally. And the Braves were looking for that next step. So George Springer would be a huge help for the Atlanta Braves. I think if we got George Springer, if the Braves were able to acquire George Springer, I think that would be an absolute amazing thing. And I think getting a guy like that, getting a guy of his caliber of play, helped kind of rejuvenate his career as the Braves did with Donaldson and as the Braves did this past season with Ozuna. I think that would be a long step and a giant step and a giant stride in really showing the fans of Atlanta that the Braves want to compete and have to compete for World Series. One final guy, one final name, big name in free agency other than Marcel. We talk about him all the time. Let's talk about another guy. Let's talk about the guy who won the American League batting title this year. And he's one of very few players to be able to win a batting title, both in the National League and American League. That's D.J. LeMayhew. D.J. LeMayhew, in a lot of people's opinions, you got three, the three best second basemen in baseball, Biazzi Alves, Jose Altuve, and D.J. LeMayhew, not necessarily in that order. LeMayhew can kind of play everywhere around in the infield. So I think that will really help his, 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 his being diverse and being versatile with helping in free agency. MLB Trade Rumors has him going four years, $68 million to the Blue Jays. Do you think potentially that that would be a good fit for him to go play above the border? I mean, that's – I think it would be, an, honestly, a perfect fit. They have a really young team, you know, with Vladdy Jr., uh, Bo Bichette playing third and short. So, actually, I think Vladdy DH is for him now. But, or he plays, plays first. first that's yeah. right. Um, but with Bo Bichette as a shortstop, uh, you know, having them up the middle with DJ – that could be a huge step for the Blue Jays. You know, they made it to the playoffs this this past season. Um, I know it was a 60-game season, like we've been saying, but they're an upcoming team. They had, um, what's his name, pitcher from the Dodgers last year. Ryu. Ryu. They got him up there, too, now. So, I think DJ would be a huge, great fit for him, for him to, you know, make a veteran presence. He's not, like, that old, but he's getting up there. Uh, and, you know, he's hitting 330, 340 each year, year in and year out. So, that'd be, I think that would be a great, great fit for him, in my opinion. Obviously, he plays for the Yankees right now. Yankees are going to be good always because they pay everybody what they want and they get what they want. That's, what they, that's how the Yankees are. But I, I'd like to see him, you know, move away from the Yankees and go play for, for the Blue Jays. That'd be awesome. And I think D.J. Mayhew's a guy that once he's settled in the American League now and he can be a designated hitter without with the pitcher being, you know, put back into the National League next year in 2021, I think that will be huge for him. Touching on something at home in, in, in Braves country here, Freddie Freeman, his final year of his contract is coming up in 2021. We've The Braves have been able to re-sign or extend out Ozzie Albies, seven years, $35 million. They extended out Ronnie, eight years, $100 million. They've extended out Mike Soroka. They've extended out all these other guys. And you're just looking at them, knock them down, knock them down, knock them down. You got who's been your staple of your franchise, your 2020 NL MVP. Obviously, they're going to re-sign him. That's not the question here, nor is that the question in my mind. But for my prediction, I think they're going to give him a seven-year, I'd probably say $200 million contract, if I had to guess, with Freddie's age and, and how much longer he has. And I think they'll give it to him this offseason. Swindy, what do you think about that situation there? Yeah, you're, 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 you know, you're almost dead on. I would think about seven years because he's, what, 31, 30, 31 years old. So, you know, he's got some good years left. Those back half of those years, you know, the last couple probably aren't going to be you know, huge productive years for him. But, yeah, you're right on target with the $200 million. I think that's he's more than deserving of that. I also heard he will take a pay cut just because he wants to stay with the Braves, which I love, I love him for that. But I don't think the, the Braves are going to do that. I think the Braves are going to pay him 
what they think that he deserves and what, what his agent and him decide is a good number for that, for that, um, you know, six, seven years. So yeah, I think six, seven years to about around $200 million is a perfect, perfect um, contract for him for his, you know, his, his second contract as a brave. And I think that you got to keep Freddie in Atlanta. And I don't think that is a question on any of our minds as Braves fans in Braves country. Transition to NFL football, looking at week 11, a lot of marquee matchups on hand. The, the One of the first ones I really want to talk about, it's not the biggest, it's not the brightest. It's two teams who, quite frankly, are three and six and two, seven, excuse me, two and seven, and then two, six, and one, that being the Bengals and the Washington football team. But the marquee matchup there, the number one and number two overall picks facing off against each other, Joe Burrow and Chase Young. It'll be interesting to see if Chase Young can get in there and knock the slobber off of Joe Burrow's helmet. But who do you think wins that matchup, and who do you think gets the best of the other one there in that pick? Yeah, I, know. I think uh, I'm going to go with the Bengals. I just think they have a better team. They're obviously not that good either. But uh, Joe Burrow's really promising rookie this year, like we all thought he was going to be. Lit it up at LSU. Actually, fun, funny story. I did not know DJ LeMahieu went to LSU and played baseball there. I didn't know that either. I did not know that until wow. the other day. So that's, that's the, you know, Joe Burrow went to LSU. Anyways, Joe Burrow's going to be a really good player. I think, you know, he's shown it this, so, this year so far, you know, with his passing game. He needs an offensive line, obviously. He gets sacked eight times a game almost. Um, really doesn't have many weapons. He doesn't have a deep throw. He's got Tyler Boyd. T. Higgins, guys like that, but I think they need to get a guy like DK, obviously not DK, but someone like that can go down the field, make big plays for him. But I'm going to go with the Bengals winning that game. And I'd have to agree with you there. Joe Burrow's teammate at Ohio State, Marshawn Lattimore, cornerback for the New Orleans Saints, they play host to the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday. And a big name, big story there, Drew Brees, 11 broken ribs. Wow. That's, that's, mm, that's tough right there. Surprisingly, Saints have announced that they're going to start Jameis Winston. Excuse me, not start Jameis Winston. They're going to start Taysom Hill. And that's my question there. Surprisingly, you're not starting Jameis Winston. You're starting a guy who has zero starting quarterback experience. Obviously, Taysom's a guy. Taysom plays everything. He plays special teams. He plays tight end, slot wide receiver. He plays wildcat quarterback. He can run the ball. He can throw the ball. He can catch the ball. He can tackle people. He can force fumbles. He can do it all. But he doesn't have any starting quarterback experience. Jameis Winston led the league in passing yards last season. What do you think of this decision by Sean Payton? Yeah, well, I thought the whole reason they brought Jameis into New Orleans was to for the, a situation like this, you know, to play behind Drew Brees and still have a chance to, you know, go to the playoffs and, um, you know, win a Super Bowl. I'm not saying Jameis Winston's the best quarterback in the league or top five, top two, whatever it is. But that's a really good backup, a guy that, you know, just like you just said, led the league in passing yards last year, did do a lot of picks. But you think you bring a guy like that in, they're probably paying him pretty good to when Drew Brees or star goes down, you think he'd be, you know, the next one up. He's he's in there, you know, getting every single snap. But no, that's the, they went at Taysom Hill, which is I don't really understand it. Really good athletic player. Uh, I don't know if he's meant to be a quarterback in the NFL, but he, I mean, he could play wide receiver. He could run the ball. He could probably hit somebody on defense. He can do it all. But I, I was very, very shocked about that, that decision there. Um, and it, it might work out for him. I don't know. I'm going to go with the Falcons winning that game just because they're without Drew Brees. So, and I think Matt Ryan's going to have a huge day maybe. And uh, Julio Jones hopefully can get back on track. And maybe Calvin really coming back as well. So, I, I think the, I think the Atlanta Falcons are going to take that one over the Saints just because Drew Brees is out. And then looking at some of the other games here, some marquee matchups on Thursday night, the Seahawks hosting the Cardinals battle of two MVP candidates there. And then on Sunday afternoon, 
The Ravens will play host to the Tennessee Titans. Potentially could be another matchup in the AFC playoffs. It was last year when the Titans were able to eliminate the Ravens in the divisional round. And then on Monday night football, Bucks and the Rams. Quick fire here, Swindy. Titans or Ravens? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Titans. Derrick Henry, I think that they were not able to stop him last year. I don't think the Ravens have, will have anything for him this year. I agree with you there, Swindy. Chiefs and Raiders, Sunday night football. Come on, you got it, my boy. Pat Mahomes, the Chiefs, baby. And Pat Mahomes will be making his debut at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. And I think he'll uh, – I think he'll christen the new crib, as the French <laughs> Prince of Bel-Air likes to say, Will Smith. And then Monday night football, Bucks and Rams, Tom Brady playing host to Jared Goff and the Los Angeles Rams. Who you got? You know, I'm going to I'm gonna go with the Rams there just because, uh, you know, they've been playing really good football. Tom Brady's been – he's been back on track. It's going to be a close one. I'm going to go with the Rams, though. And I am going to – that's going to be the one we're going to disagree on there. I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They played really well at home. They played a very good Packers team at home on a few weeks ago. They beat them 38-10. to 10. They're playing a very good Rams team here. Both teams only have three losses, the Rams being at 6-3, and three, the Bucs being at 7-3. and three. They've not had their bye yet. I'm going to go with the Bucs because they are at home. They dropped 46 points on my Panthers last week. So I got to go with the Bucks in that ball game. Transitioning here, kind of the topic of our episode. It has kind of been, or one of the major topics here, something I'll spend a little time on. It has pretty much been determined. It hasn't been announced yet, but it's, it's kind of been, you know, using your context clues here. JT Daniels will start Saturday night versus Mississippi State. He's a guy that we've been wanting to start all year, Swindy. Uh, I think we're all tired. We're fed up. And, and, and it's just – it's just there's not words that I can say on air that really describe how I feel about Georgia's quarterback situation. Let me just call it what it is. But now we got a guy. He's a five-star prospect. He was ranked as high as Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence in the 2018 recruiting class. Those guys are going to be top five picks. Those guys are going to go into the draft next year, and those guys should have great NFL careers. Now we got a guy just like that, and we don't know his health. That that seems as if that that seems as if why he hasn't played yet. But we know what he can do. We know his arm strength. We know what he's got from looking at his tape from high school and looking at his freshman year from Southern Cal. Do you think he can take the dogs out there? Not only lead them to a win against the Mississippi State Bulldogs on Saturday evening but take them out there and help them finish a strong season and then maybe a national championship caliber team in 2021. Yeah, no, I think I think he does have a chance to, you know, go out and win Saturday night, hopefully. Play Mississippi State, they're actually not the best team. So, you know, it's just one of those things, like, we've been all wondering why he hasn't been in the game. There has to be something going on. Best way, we're not UJ insiders or anything like that, so we don't really get that kind of information. But, hey, here's his chance. He's got his opportunity. I hope he goes out there and kills, kills it, becomes our guy, starting quarterback, hopefully this, the rest of this year. And, you know, leading to next year, if he does good enough, that would be awesome. I mean, we do have some uh, Brock Vandergriff coming in, which I'm really stoked about him, really high on him. But, you know, it's, it's, it's what it is. We're not going to be making a national championship this year. Georgia Bulldogs are not that caliber team yet. But, hey, he, JT Downs could be the one to be able to do that, you know, upcoming next year and lead our team to a national championship. Who knows? We'll see how he plays Saturday night. And I think he's going to go out there, especially now that you got Kenny McIntosh back in the backfield. You got that three-headed goat. As Lil Dirk said, you got, you know, you got Zamir White, you have Kenny McIntosh, and then you have James Cook, Dalvin Cook's little brother, your boy. You got those three guys coming out the backfield. 
And Darnell Washington's going to be back this week playing tight end. Trey McKitty's going to be out there. He's at full health now. And most importantly, the best wide receiver in college football is going to be back in the lineup this week in George Pickens. And I think with all those weapons out there, I think JT can really use those guys. And I think that Georgia will win the football game regardless if JT was playing or not. But I think putting JT out there is really going to help propel them and should see Saturday night what ends up happening there. The NBA draft, that's something we've wanted to talk about for a very, very long time. It finally happened. And geez Louise, I tell you what, man, I feel like we've been talking and talking and talking about the NBA draft for years now, man. I, I really tell you, it's just, it's just, I feel like we've talked about it a long time. And now I'm ready to talk about the results. As they say, the results are in. Who picked who? We were right. We picked the correct number one overall pick correct. Swindy actually picked the top three picks correct with Anthony Edwards going to the Minnesota Timberwolves, James Wiseman going to the Golden State Warriors, and God bless America, the Charlotte Hornets finally have a superstar. Can I get an amen? LaMelo Ball coming to Charlotte to play for the Hornets. If you guys don't know, I'm a huge Hornets fan. I'm about an hour from the Spectrum Center from downtown Charlotte, where I reside at in South Carolina. And, and I'm absolutely stoked. Swindy, obviously this didn't surprise you. This is how you predicted it. But how do you think those three guys will fit in with those three teams? Oh, yeah. Like like you said, um, LaMelo Ball is finally getting – or the Hornets are finally getting their guy. Uh, a lot of people were high on him in the draft. I was one of – we talked – like on a radio show, I talked about how I don't think he's going to be, you know, a superstar. But there's a lot of people that know a lot more about basketball than I do, and they think he will be. So I'm excited to see what he actually does for the Hornets. That's, I think that's the most person I'm excited to go watch next year, or at least watch on TV, bearing COVID, whatever is going to happen with that. I'm really excited to see what he can what he can do, especially as a rookie, you know, coming into a team where, uh, you know, there's, they haven't been really good, that good in the past few years, you know, all that kind of stuff. But he could be one of those guys that helps lead them. They get some pieces around him, um, help lead them to, you know, a playoff kind of type of team. So I'm really looking forward to watching him play, and I'm also I'm looking forward to watching Anthony Edwards play because you know he's a he's a he's a dog, he's a Georgia-grown boy. So it's gonna be fun to watch him, you know, play as well. But who do you th- so who, here's a question for you: Who do you think is gonna be the best out of those three? I think Lamelo will be the best player, but I think the best guy you could have taken right now, the most polished guy, is going to be James Wiseman out of those three guys because you look at him; he was a back to the basket player in, in college before you know all the stuff happened, and and then he was able to. He was deemed ineligible, basically, was reason because of that. And I think looking at him, looking at what you got there, looking at what you already have in Golden State with Steph, sadly, it was announced also on draft night, Clay Thompson got hurt in pickup, tore his Achilles. He will be out for this upcoming 2020-2021 season. And I think when you look at that, that's very devastating. But then you look at, you know, as soon as that is announced, pretty much only, you know, I think within 18 hours, Kelly Oubre Jr. is now a Golden State Warrior. So they're picking up that slack, and they're putting it back down right there. They also draft Nico Mannion in the second round, the Warriors did. Nico Mannion, James Wiseman, two guys that were able to play at Steph's camps, which is just absolutely crazy. Steph's got guys he had at his camps are now his teammates now. So I think when you look at stuff like that, and you look at those two guys that they drafted, two bright young stars, and you look at James Wiseman, the system that he's going into, the Warriors have never really had a true big man since Steph has been there. I mean, they had Andrew Bogut and they had David Lee, but I'm talking about a star-studded, a guy that's going to go out there and be an Anthony Davis type, the White Howard type dominator in the paint. 
and that's what they have now with James Wyman. So I think Jason Wiseman will win Rookie of the Year, but I think when it's all said and done, LaMelo will be the best player. Let's touch on the Hawks here. The Hawks drafted a guy on Yekka and Kongwu. He is a guy that I talked about on our radio show that could, could have potentially went to Charlotte. The Hornets do need to address – they need a big man. They, they don't really have a strong front court, but I think LaMelo drafting him was a great draft pick. Don't get me wrong. A-plus, CBS Sports gave the Hornets the same thing. The Hawks went with Oyeka Kongu, a guy that I compare to Dwight Howard. Putting him in that front court with John Collins is going to be absolutely crazy. Swindy, I know you're a Hawks fan, man. Trey Young and Kongu and John Collins, that's a trio. Yeah, it really is. And, uh, you know, the Hawks are young. They, they've had these, um, you know, they drafted Trey Young with, uh, you know, the first round a few years ago, the whole Luka thing happening, which Luka's honestly been one of the best players in the NBA as well. So I don't know who really won that, like, that toss up there, but Trey Young's um, slowly becoming one of the best point guards in the in the NBA right now. So it's going to be fun to watch him actually get some more pieces around him. You know, he hasn't at all yet. But I think the Falcons, excuse me, the Falcons, um, the Hawks, are, you know, can be one of those upcoming teams. They're not going to be, you know, uh, for sure playoff team or obviously NBA finals team coming in, in the 2021 season. But they have a good chance, you know, in the next, you know, five years to be, you know, actually build a pretty good team, you know, maybe get another superstar in there with, with Trey Young. And we'll see what happens from there. I hope, I you know, I'm obviously – Hawks fan, they have been very good in the past few years. It's been hard to watch, you know, unfortunately. But Trey Young's he hit a spark in Atlanta. He fits right in Atlanta. You know, he goes with the culture type thing. So, you know, it's going to be fun to watch the next five years, see what the Hawks can, you know, be able to produce out of Atlanta. Just looking at your first-round picks here, and then we're going to continue into the second-round picks, really analyzing the draft. At number 11 overall, the Spurs took Devin Vassell from Florida State. And you guys might not know who that is, but I just want to have a quick little shout-out here. As you know, Swindy and I are students at Piedmont College, and our sixth man here at Piedmont College on the basketball team, Will Richter, played travel basketball with Devin Vassell. Will Richter's pitcher was actually on the NBA draft on ESPN, and Will was able to make an appearance on the ESPN. Obviously not there. It was from when he was in eighth grade and played basketball with Devin Vassell, but I just thought that was really cool and and, and Piedmont related. Just moving on here, picked it. I was a guy I'm really big on. He had an injury just, just – Injuries just messed up his freshman year at UNC. Cole Anthony taking 15th overall by the Magic, putting him there with Jonathan Isaac and, and Mo Bamba and guys like that. How do you see that working out down there in Orlando? Yeah, I think Cole Anthony is one of the best scorers in the country. When he, well, he was in college, really fast, really fast point guard there. Um, loves to compete. I, wa- I was watching the draft, and, you know, they're interviewing the family and him, and you can just tell, like, the way he – kind of person he was, kind of player he is. He just wants to go out there and have fun play the game as hard as he can. And so I think that's good for, for like, because you got these young guys coming in now that, you know, they think they're, think they're really good, but they are, but they get to get to their head and all that kind of stuff. I think he's one of those guys, he's a grinder, he's going to get in there and compete and, um, you know, try to win basketballs at the end of the day. That's what his dad said he's always wanted to do is just win at the end of the day. Those are the kinds of people you want on your team. You just want to win. Who know, who cares about anything? Like, I was, it was referenced to baseball, but Cody Bellinger didn't have the best year this year. And they're asking him, like, hey, you know, does this make uh, this make up for the, you know your okay season? He goes, honestly, I could tell us what I did in the regular season. We won the World Series. Nothing matters to me anymore. So yeah, going in for um, Cole Anthony, he just seems like a guy that wants to win at the end of the day, and you know I think that's just, you know really good for that kind of team. Looking at the 20th overall pick, the defending Eastern Conference champions, the Miami Heat drafted a guy we've talked about a lot, James Wiseman's teammate, Precious Achua from Memphis. He's a guy that's gonna play defense. Defense, 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 defense. He reminds me a lot of Tay Crowder 
which, excuse me, Jay Crowder, which is already in South Beach. And they remind me a lot of the playing type down there. Looking at that, we look at the NBA Finals. Nobody was able to defend LeBron. Nobody was able to defend AD. If you look at a team like the Heat, if you get a polished Achua, you get a guy like that, and you already got Jay Crowder, you already got Jimmy Butler, you already got Tyler Hero, and, you know, Drogic. Jimmy and Jay were able to play great defense, but they just needed more. Do you think if you can take a precious Achua and if you could have put him on that team and then building forward with him, do you think he's going to help make a difference and help them get back to the finals and potentially win it? Yeah, I mean, you know, like like I said earlier, defense wins championships, especially in basketball. I know defense – because defense in basketball nowadays is not that sought after. No one really cares about it as much as they do, you know. Oh, he put up 30 tonight. It was, it's not about, oh, he had three steals and two blocks. You know, that's, that's how it's the NBA sort of transitioning. That's how all sports are. That, you know, there's something like in baseball, the home runs are becoming a huge thing, and so are strikeouts. And that's the thing with basketball is, you know, you got guys that are weapons on the offense side, can shoot threes, can dunk, can do all that kind of stuff. But you don't really talk about defense as much. So, yeah, I think that would be a huge help, honestly. If you're already a good defending team, um, you know, it's hard to guard guys like LeBron James and Anthony Davis type players. And that's the players you're going to be able to play in the finals. So you have to have guys that can lock them down. If, the, if you don't lock them down, they're going to score on you all game and win the and win championships is how it's going to be. And, they're, and Anthony Davis is a good defender as well. LeBron James is a pretty good defender as well. He's a really athletic guy. So, yeah, I think that guy like that coming in in South Beach would be a huge help. A team that made the run to the Western Conference Finals came back from down 3-1 twice and scared the Lakers from it. The Denver Nuggets, is the 24th overall pick, they drafted R.J. Hampton, which is an absolute great pick. He played in the same Australian basketball league as LaMelo Ball did. R.J. is a lot of people had rated the best point guard in this draft, even with LaMelo Ball. He's a, he's, a, he's a combo guard. He plays offense and defense. He's a floor general. He can score. He can drive. He's a three-level scorer. He can pass the ball. Great player. When you look at that Nuggets team already, you got Jamal Murray in your backcourt. You already have MPJ at the three. He plays a little shooting guard as well. Do you think RJ is going to come in being a late first-round draft pick and make an immediate impact with your Western Conference runner-ups? I mean, yeah, obviously they they, they draft him the 24th overall pick, so they see something good in him. They think he can make a difference right away. Um, we'll see what happens. I really like to watch the Nuggets last year because it's, not, it's one of those teams they don't have, like, huge superstars. Jamal Murray really impressed me. I liked watching him play last year. I mean, he was getting buckets in the, in the, in the bubble. Over, over the 2020 COVID period. Um, so, yeah, R.J. Hampton, a guy like that, you know, he's a young guy, like, like you said. I think he skipped, he skipped college to go play overseas. So, you know, so he's already got that, you know, some, some professional experience playing some older guys. So I think he's probably going to be matured up, ready to go, and ready to make a difference in, you know, Denver's lineup already. And, you know, looking at who else the Hornets were able to draft, you know, Cole Anthony was the number one recruiting prospect. Or excuse me, Cole Anthony was the number three out of high school in 2019. Anthony Edwards, as we mentioned, the number one recruiting prospect out of 2019, the number one overall pick. James Wiseman, the number two recruiting high school prospect, goes number two overall. RJ, number five. And then at number six, a guy who was ranked sixth nationally, third at his position, and first in the state of Florida, Vernon Carey Jr., goes to the Hornets at 32nd overall. And a guy that I know a lot about because I watched him play in high school, following him in high school, following him at Duke. And I think that the, not having the tournament really hurt him. Swindy, I don't know if you know a lot about Vernon Carey Jr., but I think he's a guy that can come in and help improve the Charlotte front court from day one. Yeah, no, I'm not really familiar with too much. I've heard the name, obviously, so watched the draft. But, I mean, you know him more than I do. What, what, why, why do you think he fell? 
to I think 32, 30 seconds overall I, pick. I think his biggest reason was his scoring production at Duke. And I think that, I mean, he was able to score, but a lot of people call him a cherry picker. And if you're cherry picking, you can need to average, you know, 25 a game. He wasn't doing that in school. And, and he's not playing the best defense at Duke as well. And I think it was more of an effort thing for him because he was the sixth overall recruit. And as I just mentioned, these other guys that were top recruits, I mean, R.J. Hampton went first round. Cole Anthony goes first round. James Wiseman goes first round. Anthony Edwards goes first round. Uh, Achua went first round. I mean, all these other guys. Jaden McDaniels goes first round. I mean, all these other guys who were top recruits in his class of 2019 coming out of high school, they all go first round. But Vernon Carey falls to the second round. And I think that's really what it comes down to is that you got to show effort and you got to show these teams that you care, simply put. And – I think that's something that he has as much talent as any front court guy, any big man coming out of this draft. But I think effort is something that NBA teams really look at. And I think LaMelo really showed his effort in the grind that he put into when he went to Australia. And I think that's why he got drafted in the top five. If he had not gone over there and played and you just saw what he done inspire his senior year, I think people look at LaMelo and go, nah, and he's same boat Vernon Carey Jr. as him. But I think that's why he sincerely failed. Moving on here from the NBA draft, one of our favorite topics here this episode, episode number four, it is Swindy's turn in our vintage segment. This is the segment, just a reminder here, you pick a player, one of our favorite players of all time, if not maybe a favorite player of all time, could be a player that doesn't get enough recognition, or if he does, just a guy you want to talk about. It could be across any sport here, just to give that little refresher on the vintage segment, Swindy, who you got this episode? Yeah, so not this is not uh, one of my favorite players of all time. I do know I do like him. Do like did uh, do like what he did in the game of baseball, or I guess playing baseball because this is why he's probably not in the Hall of Fame. But it's Pete Rose, as everyone knows, if you're a baseball fan, you know who Pete Rose is. He's the lead all-time lead, lead league leader in uh, hits. He has over four thousand hits, which I don't think is ever going to be broken. Me and Brett talked about this the other day. That's a lot, a lot, a lot of hits, especially for playing. You know, guys don't really last twenty years anymore. They usually go 15 and, you know, if they get a 3,000, you're a Hall of Famer, right? So 4,000 hits is just insane, but he's not in the Hall of Fame. Me and Brett were both talking about it the other day, and I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. He bet he – so he got in trouble for um, gambling and betting on his own team to win. It wasn't like he was betting on his team to lose or he wasn't throwing the games or anything like that, which I know betting's probably not right to, if you're playing the sport, but at the same time, he's betting on himself. That's a really common guy right there. If you're betting on yourself to win money, um, I think he should be in the Hall of Fame just because of what he did for the game of baseball. Like the playing aspect part, it wasn't like he took steroids. You know, everyone has their opinion on that, about the Hall of Fame and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, his stats speak for himself, 4,000-plus hits. What do you think, Brett? I think it's not even a comparison. He should be in the Hall of Fame. There's two guys all the time with 4,000 hits, and they both had gambling issues. It's quite hilarious. You got Ty Cobb. He's in the Hall of Fame. His gambling issues were swept under the rug. He had a lot of issues as a person. And if I, if you don't know a lot about Ty Cobb and you're from the state of Georgia, he was known as the Georgia Peach. I encourage you to go watch the 1994 film Cobb. It was Tommy Lee Jones portrayed Ty Cobb in the movie. It's an absolute great movie. They actually filmed some of it towards the end of the movie at Ty Cobb's actual gravesite. I've actually been there. He was buried in uh, right up the road in Northeast Georgia. So I encourage you guys to go watch that. But I think that when you look at Ty Cobb, you look at Pete Rose, very similar individuals. But what Pete Rose contributed to the game as a player manager, just as Ty Cobb was as well with the Philadelphia Athletics, you look at those guys and you got to go and you got to sit back and go, 
they did gamble on the game. Well, at least we know Pete Rose did. And you want to ban him from the game of baseball. You never want to let him in after all these other guys, not to diminish what they did. And I know he's not in Hall of Fame, but you look at a guy like the White Gooden. You look at guys like Daryl Strawberry, who took not PEDs, but took actual recreational drugs for years and years and years, tested positive for them in Major League Baseball, continued to allow them to get second chances. Pete Rose gets caught for something one time and gets banned from the game of baseball. I think that's absolutely just hypocritical. If I had to give it a word, I would call that hypocritical, and it is a shame, a, a shame that Pete Rose is not in the Baseball Hall of Fame. All-time career leader, leader in hits in Major League Baseball history, somehow not in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Never will understand it. Also, a switch hitter. Let's not forget that as well. So, pretty fun fact about Pete. Two of our four players here on the Midweek Cycle on the Go podcast have been switch hitters with Chipper Jones and Pete Rose. Also, fun facts, Wendy, I don't know if you know this or not, but Pete Rose also finished with a 303 career lifetime average, if I'm correct, same as Chipper Jones. So, oh, wow. I find that, find that pretty interesting as well. This will conclude episode four here of the Midweek Cycle on the Go podcast. Swindy, your final remarks. Yeah, I appreciate you guys listening, tuning in. Uh, we love talking about sports. Hope you guys like listening to us, and we're just having fun doing it, guys. want to thank you guys so much here. Looking forward to the next episode. Review on week 11 in NFL football. Review on week 12 in college football. And NBA free agency has started. So we'll look at all of those as well. Thank you guys for tuning in. God bless y'all. And as always, keep watching your sports. Thank you for listening to the Midweek Cycle on the Go podcast. And be sure to tune in for the next episode as well. Zach Swindell and Brett Loftus signing off for this one.